Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Good Monday morning, and it is a crucial one in the debt limit showdown. Just nine days left now to avoid a potential economic meltdown. It is May 22nd. This is today. Back to work. President Biden returns to Washington overnight for a new round of key talks with Republicans. The two sides meeting face to face at the White House today after a weekend of intense negotiations. We'll have the very latest as the deadline looms. Captured Russia claiming its first major victory in Ukraine in months after nearly a year-long battle for control of a key city. Chilling before and after images revealing the devastation. Ukraine's president comparing it to Hiroshima. We're live on the front lines. It's on. Republican Senator Tim Scott officially launching his 2024 White House bid today. An announcement from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis expected this week. How the race is shaping up straight ahead. In court, the suspect in the University of Idaho murder is set to face a judge for the first time since being indicted. The new details that could be revealed in the high-profile case were live at the courthouse. All that plus history in the making. And liftoff, Falcon 9. Go Axiom. The remarkable story behind the newest mission to the International Space Station and an exclusive look at NASA's plan to win the race to Mars. Wow, this is a big place. Tom Costello takes us behind the scenes. And ace in the hole, a 46-year-old golf instructor playing in the PGA Championship along the sport's biggest names, sinks this incredible hole-in-one. And he's celebrating his Cinderella run with us live. Today, Monday, May 22nd, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today on a Monday morning. Glad you're starting your week with us. You got to be smiling about Michael Block, 46 years old. He's a teaching pro. Here he is with all the top names in golf. Did he rise to the occasion, Hoda? <laughs> well, can you believe this? Okay, just picture this. After this whole one, he's giving lessons normally on a public golf course in Southern California. So Brooks Kepka, the guy who won it, you know, he was congratulating him. And Kepka says, no, 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 buddy. I want to talk about your hole in one. Uh, so what a day for him. Uh, we'll have more on that in cool. just a moment. Yep. But we'll start in Washington. Mm-hmm. President Biden arriving back in the Capitol overnight, cutting his overseas trip short so that he could resume face-to-face debt ceiling talks. Yeah, with no agreement reached over the weekend, we just have nine. Nine days of negotiations left before that June 1st deadline to avoid an all-out economic crisis. Both sides sitting down today amid some signs of progress. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy saying he had a, quote, productive phone call with the president last night. NBC's Ryan Nobles is in Washington with the very latest. Ryan, good morning. The clock is ticking. Yeah, Savannah, good morning. President Biden and the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy will meet today amid a dire need to strike a deal. Yesterday, the president concluded his G7 summit trip in Japan. We're touching on the economic crisis that remains at bay. A high stakes showdown in Washington expected today at the White House between President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. 
as the clock ticks down toward a default deadline. We've got to be able to solve this problem. The two will meet face-to-face without other congressional leaders after what was described as a productive call on Sunday. Biden sounding optimistic returning from the G7 summit. At the summit, the president insisting default is off the table. I've done my part. We put forward a proposal to cut spending by more than a trillion dollars. Now it's time for the other side to move. As well as revisiting, invoking the 14th Amendment to raise the debt ceiling alone. I think we have the authority. Though Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen cast doubts on the idea Sunday and also reinforced that June 1st date as the deadline for an agreement. I certainly haven't changed my assessment, so I think that that's a a hard deadline. The clock is ticking for a bipartisan compromise. Throughout negotiations, Republicans have demanded to curb overall spending and pressing on extending Trump-era tax cuts that could add over $3 trillion to the debt. Proposals the president says are unacceptable. It's time for Republicans to accept that there is no bipartisan deal to be made solely, solely on their partisan terms. Ryan, we keep talking about this June 1st deadline, but in actuality, the deadline is much sooner than that because it has to play out in Congress, does it not? Yeah, that's exactly right, Savannah, for a couple of reasons. First, you talk about the legislative process. That's so important. It's going to take time, and McCarthy is going to need to sell whatever deal he makes with Biden to the rest of the House GOP, and that is no guarantee. And then the second problem is, in 2011, during a similar showdown, even though negotiators came to an agreement at the last minute, the federal government's credit rating still dropped, the stock market tanked, and that made it more expensive to borrow money going forward. Savannah? Exactly. There already is a cost to this kind of thing. Ryan, thank you very much. Before leaving Japan, President Biden met with Ukraine's president, pledging an additional $375 million in military aid for the fight against Russia. Meantime, in Ukraine, Russian forces appear to have now captured a key city after a nearly year-long battle. NBC's Molly Hunter is on the ground for us there in Ukraine with the latest. Hey, Molly, good morning. Hoda, good morning to you. When Ukrainian President Zelensky returns home today, he comes back with that critical military aid. He comes back with the promise of F-16 fighter jets. But the deadliest battle of the war so far, the battle for Bakhmut, came at a huge cost. This morning, the bloodiest battle of this war for the eastern city of Bakhmut appears to be winding down for now. Over the weekend, Ukraine losing its last major stronghold. Visiting the front line, a top Ukrainian commander admitting his troops only retain an insignificant part of the city. And this morning, the deputy defense minister says Ukrainian troops continue to advance in the outskirts around the city. But on Sunday, Russian state TV anchors trumpeting mission accomplished, a win for Russian propaganda back home, reporting Putin congratulated Russian troops on their victory. State TV broadcasting images not independently verified by NBC News of soldiers waving flags. Both sides paid dearly. The exact number of military casualties unknown estimates well into the tens of thousands. But as the sun set on Bakhmut last night, the smoldering remains of a city where 80,000 people lived before the war. Satellite images from 2022 and this month show a vast, uninhabitable wasteland. But you have to, to understand that there is nothing. They destroyed everything. There are no buildings. There is nothing on this place. So 
just ground and a lot of dead Russians. Over the weekend, President Zelensky wrapping up a successful visit to the G7 in Hiroshima and will return home with an additional $375 million in U.S. military aid and finally the international commitment for F-16 fighter jets he's been asking for. A new phase of Western military aid in part to fuel the expected counteroffensive. But back in Bakhmut, the leader of the Russian mercenary Wagner group, Yevgeny Prigozhin, says he'll pull his paid frontline fighters out of the city by Thursday, which may force Moscow's hand to send Russian reinforcements into Bakhmut to hold it. Now, Ukrainian commanders have long said the goal in that battle of Bakhmut was to pin down Russian forces in a protracted fight, allowing the Ukrainian military to rearm and prepare for that expected counteroffensive we are watching this week very, very closely. Hoda? Right. Molly Hunter, Forrester on the ground in Ukraine. Molly, thank you. Russia is now expanding its list of Americans facing sanctions in that country. Among the 500 individuals singled out, several people considered adversaries of former President Donald Trump were sanctioned, including some local officials, such as Letitia James, the state attorney general of New York, who has sued Mr. Trump for alleged fraud. Jack Smith, the special counsel investigating his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. And Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of state of Georgia. The sanctions come just days after the U.S. announced new sanctions against Russia to punish Moscow for its war in Ukraine. Let's turn now to the 2024 presidential race. The Republican field growing larger with South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. He formally announced his White House bid today. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis expected to follow suit later this week. Both men facing an uphill battle against GOP frontrunner Donald Trump. NBC's senior national correspondent Tom Yamas is covering Senator Scott's announcement. And he joins us now from Charleston. Hey, Tom. Hey, Hoda. Good morning to you. Get ready for what may be the biggest week so far in this race. Two formidable candidates set to enter the Republican primary. The first, hoping his compelling life story and optimistic message sways GOP voters. The other, coming directly for former President Trump and his base. This morning, there's new competition headed Donald Trump's way in the race for the GOP nomination. The newest presidential candidate, the Senate's only black Republican, South Carolina's Tim Scott, kicking off his 2024 White House bid in his hometown of North Charleston today. The 57-year-old senator is expected to focus on his deep Christian faith and his hard scrabble upbringing in South Carolina. I thank God Almighty that my grandfather, who was forced out of school as a third grader to start picking cotton to help his family, lived long enough to watch his grandson Pick out a seat in Congress. Scott has been the GOP's leading voice on issues including policing and race relations while rejecting the idea that the country is racist. And he's reached across the aisle with friends, including Democratic Senator Cory Booker. I think that as I look at this Republican field, he may be one of those people that is underestimated. With former President Donald Trump leading the GOP race, Scott joins an increasingly crowded lane of anti-Trump candidates, including his fellow South Carolinian, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, and former Vice President Mike Pence expected to announce shortly, along with the possibility of former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie also entering the race. And according to two sources, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis set to officially announce his campaign this week as he sharpens his attacks on Trump, blaming him for a lackluster midterms. I think the party has 
uh, developed a, a culture of losing. It comes as DeSantis faces multiple battles back in his home state, including that ongoing feud with Disney. And now the NAACP issuing a formal travel advisory saying Florida is hostile to black Americans. The group responding to what it calls DeSantis's aggressive attempts to erase black history and to restrict diversity, equity and inclusion programs in Florida schools. Earlier this year, DeSantis blocked an advanced placement course in African-American studies from being offered in Florida high schools. Okay, so we reached out to Governor DeSantis and his office on that NAACP travel advisory. We have yet to hear back. Savannah. All right. Well, former President Trump, of course, is leading the field. Most polls show that. How much of a gap do the other other candidates need to have a chance? And are they just going to split the non-Trump vote? That's how it played out in 2016. And he was victorious. Yeah, the more people that announced, no doubt, help former President Trump. If you look at the most recent polls, they tell the same story. This is really a two-person race. But one of the most recent polls shows just how far ahead former President Trump is. You can see he's ahead of former go- of, uh, ahead of Governor DeSantis by more than 40 points in this poll. So how does somebody like Senator Tim Scott, who's in the single digits, break away? He's raised a significant amount of money. They're going to go up with ads in Iowa and New Hampshire. The Iowa caucuses recently have favored the Christian-centric candidate on the GOP. GOP side when there's an open primary like this, so that favors Scott. But then the race moves here to South Carolina. The only problem is former Governor Nikki Haley is also in the race as well, so it's going to be a challenge. And Savannah, a programming note, NBC News tonight has the first sit-down exclusive interview with Senator Tim Scott immediately following his announcement. I'll sit down with him and ask him why he wants to run for president and why he thinks he can beat former President Trump. That's going to air exclusively first on Nightly News and stream later on Top Story. Savannah, back to Look forward to it, Tom. Thank you very much. Also this morning, tens of millions of Americans are already gearing up for Memorial Day. The long holiday weekend marks the unofficial start of summer and the busy summer travel season. And this one could be one for the record books. We're going to check in with Dylan with a look at the holiday forecast in a moment. But first, NBC's Sam Brock is at Miami International. Sam, I know it's going to be busy. What should we be ready for? Hoda, let's talk big picture right now. The recommendation is to brace yourself for this weekend and beyond. You know, you think about the travel numbers last summer, Hoda. They really popped as people were getting back into their regular routines. But the projections for this Memorial Day weekend are supposed to be higher. 42.3 million people. That's across all forms of transportation. It's up 7% from last year. But look at the air numbers. 3.4 million by air. That is an 11% increase. And at this point, this might constitute the largest amount of people at airports for Memorial Memorial Day holiday since 2005. Now, as far as some of the staffing issues that are going on right now, we've been seeing this play out for months. Pilots and air traffic control, Hoda, really at the epicenter of that. The FAA, a couple of months ago, issued a memo for the New York City area saying they were at about 54% of their target for ATC employees, which is to say, if you're trying to get in and out of New York in the coming months, they're expecting a spike of about 45% in delays, Hoda. All right. So if you want to avoid the travel crush, what's the best way to do it? Let's start on the roadways, where we know there's going to be about 37 million people who are traveling this holiday weekend. And the best advice right now, the lightest days to travel, Hoda, Saturday and Sunday, or make sure you're leaving as early as possible as a general rule of thumb, or after 6 p.m. The worst times that you can go are rush hour, 
Thursday and Friday, really between about 12 and 6 o'clock, but 3 and 6 o'clock particularly, which for any major city you would think not a great idea to begin with. If you happen to be flying, try to get the earliest flight possible. We know the delays accumulate over the course of the day. And as far as where folks are generally going this year, the top destinations, according to AAA, you're talking about New York City, Las Vegas, Orlando, and then cruise port cities like Miami, where I am, or Seattle. They are seeing the greatest amount of travel and a 40% projected increase in airfares for those cities. Although the silver lining here is that year over year, airfare actually is down slightly. So you can take that with you. But certainly delays right now are certainly a concern, too, as 20% so far this year of flights have been delayed. It is down several percentage points from where we were a year ago. All right. Sam Brock for us. Uh, Sam, thank you. I like the first flight out, man. That's oh, the best, always. the only way to go, first it, flight it out. It really is, especially yeah. if you like an early morning. Uh-huh. The X factors, the weather, yep. Dylan's all over. Ooh. How is it looking on a Monday morning? All right. It's a little early to give you the whole weekend forecast, but here's what we're thinking is going to happen. We'll kind of update this as the week goes on. But for the most part, on Friday, the best chance of seeing some rain will be along the southeast. We're watching a little disturbance coming in off the Atlantic. That could keep things unsettled. Showers and storms, spotty showers and storms out across the Rockies for Friday. Then we go into Saturday. Looks great through the Midwest, through the Great Lakes. Temperatures in the 70s and 80s, just picture perfect. That rain from the southeast moves up into the Carolinas and into Virginia on Saturday. And there's a chance as we go into Sunday that shower threat could make its way into the northeast, including parts of New England, too. Small chance. Just want to put that out there that you might have some rain Saturday night into Sunday. There's an area of high pressure that's making it so beautiful through the Great Lakes. If this just kind of dominates a little bit more, we could clear things out in the northeast. Spotty storms still possible across the western plains, hot in the desert southwest, dry in the Pacific northwest, and then for Memorial Day itself, again, not a washout, spotty showers and storms through the western third of the country, still gorgeous through the Great Lakes and into uh, the Ohio and Tennessee River Valley, and we could still see another chance of rain into Virginia and the Carolinas on Memorial Day itself. And that's your latest forecast. Thank you, Dylan. Dylan, thank you. Coming up, new developments in the Idaho College murders as the accused killer faces his arraignment in court today. Gotti Schwartz is at the courthouse for us. Hi, Gotti. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, in a couple of hours, uh, families of the victims for the first time in six months since these murders happened. We'll hear if Brian Kohlberger pleads guilty or not guilty. Meanwhile, we are learning some disturbing new details about the knife and sheath at the center of this case. All right, Gotti, we'll get to that. Also, the history behind last night's spectacular launch at the Kennedy Space Center. Plus, our exclusive look behind the scenes at NASA's new plan for putting humans on Mars. We're going to take you live to Kennedy Space Center. But first, this is Today on NBC. For the next 15 seconds, picture yourself in a small town. Historic buildings with galleries, restaurants, micro distilleries, forested ridgelines on the horizon, wide alpine meadows, evergreen forests threaded with trails, friendly locals eager to guide you. And if you're not quite ready to leave this fantasy, chances are you're our kind. And you should check out visitparkcity.com right away. Park City, Utah, for the mountain kind. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the rainiest rain show that ever rain showed. Ever, ever, ever. You know what? That's amazing. Not Whoa, even a that. downpour. What? A downpour could dampen the spirits of Taylor Swift and her fans. <laughs> oh, this superstar's sold-out show in Massachusetts at Gillette Stadium on Saturday night. This is it. Um, how? First of all, that tells you everything. That's You're a right. concert those concert goers will wow. never, ever forget. Taylor I'm will Taylor never will forget. You're a guitar <laughs> expert. Won't that ruin the I have no idea. I was thinking the, the instruments, same thing. How the instruments. Like what about much? wearing high heels and dancing oh. and trying to not slip? Hats wow. off, Very by impressive. the way. Taylor, by the way, is coming to East Rutherford, New Jersey this weekend. We welcome we Chanel. Hi, Chanel. Good morning, guys. Let's all go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, that'll be fun. All right. <laughs> we got a lot to cover this at Power. We're going to start, though, with the case we're following very, very closely. Yes. After being indicted by a grand jury last week, the man accused of murdering those four University of Idaho students will be arraigned today. NBC's Gotti Schwartz is at the courthouse in Moscow, Idaho. Gotti, good morning. Hey, good morning. Yeah, we're going to see Brian Kohlberger for the first time uh, after his arraignment here at the courthouse in just a matter of hours, all as new questions are arising about that knife and sheath, the K-Bar knife and sheath. Uh, There are questions now that Brian Kohlberger may have bought them on Amazon before these murders. This morning, accused killer Brian Kohlberger will make his first court appearance since being indicted by a grand jury on four murder charges. A spokesperson for the court says the process should be quick. This is basically procedural around advisory of rights, entry of plea, possibly bond. Kohlberger is expected to enter his plea today. He's said through a previous defense attorney he believes he'll be exonerated. The indictment comes six months after the shocking killings of four college students, Zana Kernodal, Ethan Chapin, Kaylee Gonzalez, and Madison Mogan, in their shared home near the University of Idaho campus. Maddie Mogan would have turned 22 this week. I want people to remember Maddie as just being a loving, caring, just beautiful person who everybody just misses so much. According to court documents, DNA traced to Koberger was found on a knife sheath at the crime scene. And in a recent Dateline exclusive, a source with inside knowledge of the investigation says detectives have found evidence that several months before the murders, Koberger went on Amazon to buy a K-Bar knife and sheath. Greg Cooper, a retired FBI profiler who has studied killers of multiple victims, sharing his theory. He's been thinking about committing crimes for a long time. With that knife? Absolutely. He has to become familiar with it, uh, feel at ease with it. The Dateline report highlighting another disturbing incident. 
A source recounting that Kohlberger befriended a woman in his graduate criminology cohort who, after finding things amiss inside her apartment, called Kohlberger for help. The source says Kohlberger volunteered to install a video security system himself. The source adding that Kohlberger is now considered a strong suspect in the break-in, though he has not been charged in connection with the incident. Meanwhile, Kaylee Gonzalez's family looking toward the trial. If this individual is the right one, then he picked the wrong family. We're ready for this case. And a lawyer for the victim, uh, the family of the victim, Kaylee Gonzalez, says that the family will be in attendance today. Uh, Kaylee Gonzalez's father has said that he wants to look Brian Kohlberger in the eye, but the lawyer says that there will be times uh, during this trial that may be too difficult for the family to attend. Back to you guys. All right, Gotti, thank you. Let's bring in NBC senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning. Dateline is reporting this incident with a former criminology classmate of Koberger's. If true, if it were to be admitted into evidence, what ramifications would that have? Yeah, it's one of those super interesting pieces of evidence that a jury would love to have the benefit of considering, but might not get in. And I would imagine his defense attorneys would try everything they could to keep it out. Um, Obviously, normally you can't get prior bad acts into evidence um, because you're worried that the jury will be so inflamed by it that it would taint the evidence. Uh, The exception to that is if you can show that someone has sort of an MO, a motive, that they've done the crime every single way at the same time. This is not that instance. The idea of messing around with somebody's, uh, you know, belongings in order to try to get them to then be incentivized to want to put cameras in their home, that's very different Mm -hmm. than a violent stabbing, which is what we're talking about when we're talking about the murder of these four college students. So I think it's going to be hard to get it in. Dateline had a lot of really good reporting. One of it, one of them was that Koberger actually bought uh, a knife yeah. and a sheath months before the crime happened. How significant is that piece of evidence? Yeah, another one of those pieces of evidence that given the timing implication could be super important. But, you know, buying a knife is by itself not illegal. And uh, it's just hard to see how are they going to get it in. Again, though, it's always been suspicious. Why would his DNA be on the sheath right Mm -hmm. next to the body? That's always been one of the hardest pieces Mm -hmm. for him. Of course, his defense attorney has said he expects to be exonerated. We'll see, though, how exactly he pleads later today. Well, I was just about to say, what can we expect to see today in the courtroom? I think a lot of people are expecting yeah. more than we might get. Well, usually an arraignment is sort of just procedural, mm-hmm. sort of rote. Obviously, the stakes are very high here. Again, though, he may not actually enter a plea today. We expect that he will, but he may decide, you know what, I haven't seen the benefit of all this grand jury testimony that just happened. So his lawyers, you might see, decide, let's take a beat, let's ask for a continuance, and then come back and do it later. All right, we'll be watching. Yeah. Laura, thank you very much. All right. Still ahead this morning, help for your home, the best products to solve all kinds of problems, like cleaning everything from your screens to your air fryer. But first, an exciting space launch overnight. America's most experienced astronaut helping bring a new crew to the ISS. And Tom Costello was right there. Peggy Whitson is the commander of this mission on their way to the space station. In the meantime, NASA is preparing to go to Mars. And you won't believe the technology it's planning to use to get there. Think nuclear. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. For the next 15 seconds, picture yourself in a small town. Historic buildings with galleries, restaurants, micro distilleries. Forested ridgelines on the horizon. Wide alpine meadows. Evergreen forests threaded with trails. Friendly locals eager to guide you. And 
If you're not quite ready to leave this fantasy, chances are you're our kind. And you should check out visitparkcity.com right away. Park City, Utah, for the mountain kind. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Three, two, one. Engines full power. And lift off Falcon 9. Go Axiom. Spectacular night launch from Kennedy Space Center. Just the second all-private mission to the International Space Station. It's Commander, former NASA astronaut Peggy Whitson, who spent more time in space than any other American. And among her crew, the first Saudi woman to ever travel to space. NBC's Tom Costello was at the launch. He's also, by the way, been working on a new documentary for Meet the Press Reports. It's called Race to Mars. So, Tom, we want to hear about the timeline. When will it happen? When will humans land on Mars? NASA is targeting 2040. That's just 17 years away. And I got to tell you, some outside experts are skeptical, but there is the China factor at play here. China hopes to put its own astronauts on the moon by 2030. So that's kind of lighting a fire under NASA. And so to get to Mars, NASA is planning to go nuclear. One month after Elon Musk's Starship launched, then broke apart on liftoff. A rapid, unscheduled disassembly. Both SpaceX and NASA insist they're committed to the rocket. First to land astronauts on the moon, but ultimately to carry crews to Mars as soon as 2040. While science and exploration are the driving motivators, there's also a competitive factor, China. The Chinese government is very secretive. And a lot of their plans uh, involve their military preparations. And so there's a reason for us to get there first. And NASA wants to get there faster. A round-trip mission to Mars could take two to three years. So to cut the travel time, America is going back to the future. To the 1960s and a government program most Americans have never heard of to develop nuclear-powered rockets. It turns out they made big progress back in the 60s, running expensive tests. The goal now, send astronauts to the moon and beyond on nuclear rockets. When the Apollo astronauts went to the moon, they needed five of these massive F-1 engines just to get them off the Earth and escape the Earth's gravitational pull. Seven and a half million pounds of thrust. Here at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, they've got an exact replica to scale of the Saturn V. 363 feet tall. Future astronauts will need that kind of lift, but once they're in space, they can use a much smaller engine, a nuclear engine, to go all the way to Mars and back, a fraction of the size. And that engine could last 20 years. This is a big place. It's happening now at the Marshall Test Flight Center in Huntsville. This is where they put components of nuclear thermal rockets, such as this fuel element here, and like the one that you're holding. These are the building blocks for America's future nuclear propulsion going to space. Yes. 
Einstein. But America's best-known astrophysicist, Neil deGrasse Tyson, wonders why we're going. So I'm all for people in space, but to accomplish scientific goals, the robot can live off of sunlight and you can't. The robot is not going to cry because we ran out of money and we can't bring it back. Uh, well, Tom, you, you mentioned nuclear technology. Is this the first time NASA's ever officially used this kind? Actually, on a spacecraft, no. Voyager 2, remember that? 1977, going on to explore the solar system? It's still out there. It uses three nuclear batteries on board Voyager 2. But listen to this. The, the memory on board Voyager 2, which is still out there, three million times less than what's in your cell phone right now. If they can actually harness this technology, nuclear technology, they also want to have power stations on the moon and Mars to provide heat and electricity for future astronauts. Really cool. Mm. Really cool, Tom. And we should mention, of course, you can catch Meet the Press Report's Race to Mars. That's Tom's documentary on NBC News Now and on demand on Peacock and YouTube. Tom's never happier than when he's That's doing cool. this. I was just say, Tom gets us excited about yeah. space. Can't wait for yeah. 2040. Let's yeah. go to Mars. In the meantime, though, Dylan, we, on this planet, what do we got? I still think Tom needs to get on one of these ships. Yeah, 100%. Yes. No, I think he's, he's earned that spot. Uh, let's take a look at a tropical disturbance that we're keeping an eye on. I know hurricane season doesn't start till June 1st. And really, this only has a 10 percent chance of developing into something in the next seven days. But this is going to be perhaps the impetus for that rain in the southeast and then eventually through the mid-Atlantic and the northeast by the time we get into uh, Memorial Day weekend. For today, though, we do have a chance of really heavy rain through southern Georgia, panhandle of Florida, down through most of Florida, for that matter. Rainfall rates of about two to three inches per hour. Some spots could end up with about four to five inches of rain total if you get stuck in some of those heavier downpours. So that's for the south. That'll move up into the Carolinas as we go into tomorrow. A few spotty interior northeastern showers today. Strong storms could develop later on this afternoon back through the southern plains, and it's warm through the northern plains. Highs close to 80. And that's your latest forecast. Dylan, thank you, thank Dylan. you. Still to come, the breakout star of the PGA Championship, <laughs> Michael Block, a guy who gives golf lessons at a public so cool. course in California. Well, he had a dream week, including an amazing hole-in-one. We'll talk to him about what's next for him. Millions on social media are loving this six-year-old's very mindful routine to start the day. And check it out this morning. Ion is having his lemon honey tea <laughs> with us. We can't wait to talk to him. He's got some very calming pointers. Mom and dad, sister. Cutie. Whole family. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip flights, hotels, cars, transportation. It's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel.